As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I'm low-key nervous um, because, um, of course, it's called Traces of Mika. So I'm supposed to lay it all out there and be, and be completely vulnerable. Um, and it took me to listening to some of the previous conversations that I've had on Traces of Mika to say, wait a minute, people don't know some of the, the real ugly shit that I deal with. Um and uh, it's hard for me to say. So just maybe two weeks ago, oh, on Easter, on Easter, I told my children, like, the core of who their mother is. So, and I want to have this conversation. So everyone who's listening, I'm joined by one of my oldest and closest friends for 10 years, 10, 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nicola Mitchell. I like to call her Nicola. <laughs> she's also, she's an author. She's a philanthropist. She has a nonprofit organization. She's the founder of Girls Who Brunch. Um, but we met each other 10 years ago on a, a website. I want to say it was a website called Ning, right? No, we met on Yahoo Groups. Oh, shit. Okay. Dang, for real? Okay. We, we met on Yahoo Groups and then went off to Ying, Ning. Whatever. Ning, right. Yeah. Okay, so people, okay, so Ning.com was this this website where you can create like your own little Facebook mm-hmm. um, and Yahoo groups was something like uh, what like Facebook groups is now. Mm-hmm. None of those two websites exist anymore. Um, but she reached out to me and I had, um, I had double A and BC then. And it was just like this online book club and she reached out. I think you was talking about like your book or something like that. And then from there though, the conversation went to like some other type of shit. Kind of like if you was a, a dude, like, we probably went together. Like, right. right. Like, because we started talking on, like, some personal tape. And I was, like, 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was married. Mm-hmm. I had two. My dream was here at that point, right? Yeah, he was yes. a baby. He was a baby, baby. Mm-hmm. Like, you met me at the very beginning of my book career. So you've seen me grow. Like, it's really weird. People don't really know me. You like, weren't pe- even 21 yet. Yes, I was. I was probably going on 22. Because I started Delphine Publications in September 2008. So I had just turned 21. Okay. Well, maybe you did meet me at 20. Mm-hmm. It was 20. Yeah, you met me at 20. Because I had started WABC when I was 20, mm-hmm. like earlier that year. So you're right. You probably met me at 20. And then I turned 21. Mm-hmm. So tell me about how naive I was. Not naive, just innocent. I was real innocent, y'all, when I met Nicola. 
Tamika was the girl that was going to get kidnapped at the bus stop. Really? <laughs> you really? were. Tamika was so in love with life and in love with love. Tamika believed that there was only good in everybody. And at that time, she was just naive, happy. She didn't think any kind of heartbreak in regards to a relationship and things could happen to her. I think she felt like she already experienced her most traumatic or heartbreak with her mom. So there was nothing else that she can get. Nothing could top that. Yeah. Yeah, And um, she, uh, it was just like so many conversations, so many crazy experiences. An example of Tamika being naive. Well, not naive, but she was just. Naive, you can call it what it is. (laughs) It was hilarious though. We were in Memphis. We, okay, so. the bravery fan? Yeah, so let me tell you. (laughs) We used to be on tour, right? And people thought, you know, we got so many haters in this world, but they just don't understand what the grind tactic we really had. Tamika would buy books, pay for her books, then turn around, pay with my books with the same card, with the same authorization. So somebody's account is going to be negative. So we Mm -hmm. took turns. It was her turn this time, my turn the next. And our goal was, not to make a bunch of money, but just to get the other person's account out of negative. Mm-hmm. That's what we hustle for. We had somebody who gave us discount cards to for hotels. Mm-hmm. So we split hotels for $25. Yeah. I forgot about that shit. We, we did. Y'all we, used to hustle hotels. <laughs> we split a hotel room for $25 a night. And then we split a car, but we wouldn't do the same event. Sometimes we would, but our goal was to be different so mm-hmm. we'll just book different things in that same city so this particular time our hookup ran out of discount cards so we was at the Redwood right. Inn y'all at the Redwood Inn in the hood in Memphis mm-hmm. oh my god and um it was a guy that was there that I that came down from Atlanta <laughs> that I did not oh, I didn't hey First of all, I, I was so innocent. <laughs> I know I talk about how I like to date multiple guys now or I'm just very open to you know, whatever. But then, like, when I was married, like, Mm -hmm. I was... And even now, I can get back to that point of being really committed to one person. But when I was really, really, like, just all about my husband then, like, I was, like, I was very, very, very... Oh, my God, girl, I don't even know how to be like that no more. She was. And it was hilarious because this guy, I knew him, but I was... He was friend-zoned from a long time ago. But I didn't really believe he was coming. It was one of those things. So when he showed up, we was like, whoa, (laughs) okay, he's here. Then he said he couldn't get a room. He didn't... He the It was booked or something. So I was like, well, I knew he was friend-zoned. I wasn't going to mess with him. He could sleep on our floor. Right. He could pay for the room. Right. That was in my head. Yeah. Mika said, nope. nope. I'm married. I'm my, married. My husband will not he allow that. He would not that. like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, this is before I cheated for the first time, y'all. Now, granted, <laughs> I haven't always been, you know, so open with, you know, just dating freely and just vibing with somebody new. Like, I was married. Like, for me, like, a vow meant... Like lockdown, like I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that, I couldn't look. I didn't. I remember the time I didn't look dudes in the eyes. Yeah, I remember that too. I was real good. You were so good y'all can shout out to my ex for creating or helping to create <laughs> the new Mika because when <laughs> yeah. he showed me that loyalty really meant nothing, or not just loyalty, but honesty. Honesty really didn't mean much. Like you could really look at somebody that you really, really, truly love and just lie. I was like, okay, cool, bet. I wasn't the same after that. Like, it really shifted. Like, it, it was around. Once I really cheated for the first time, and let's talk about the cheat. 
I'm not a malicious cheater. I don't just be cheating and hurt niggas' feelings and shit. I be very honest. So when I did cheat, right, mm-hmm. it took me a couple months, right? But I went to my ex, well, my husband at the time, and I had let him know that it had happened mm-hmm. and that I was done because it was me, like me, like I cheated. Like if I cheated, then that means it's a wrap. There's nothing else to do here. What I think is that old wise tale that we all go through that he hurt you. You just wanted him to hurt back. And I think what you wanted was really more of a reaction from him. And yeah, I think the cheating was bad, but the reaction is what really pushed you because you wanted him to hurt like he hurt you. I I wanted him to see me because before I actually cheated, I set that man down. Like a lot of women don't even do this shit. Niggas really don't. Right. But before I actually stepped out, I set my husband down. I said, I'm unhappy. I'm vulnerable. She did. What we going to do? You know what that man did? He looked at me. So he shrugged his shoulders and everything. Mm-hmm. So what, like, honestly, what am I supposed to do? I had this on a previous conversation on another episode of Tracy and Mika where if you're not giving your, your spouse or your partner everything they need and they have communicated that with you. Right. And you refuse. I feel like they can go and do whatever the fuck they want. Because I don't think that that's right. If somebody sits here and say, it's like saying I'm hungry and you don't feed me. Right. But I'm hungry. Are you going to feed me? And then if I go get something else to eat, you don't get mad because I'm going to go get something to eat. I told you I was hungry. So get let's take analogy. it back. <laughs> All right. So um, I wanted to talk to you because I will have this conversation with you on Tracy Samika. Because you can't have Tracy Samika without me admitting to the fact that I deal with depression. Without dealing with the, without admitting the fact that um, I do have, they call it mental illness. However, I, I say I have to just work harder at being happy. And my depression sometimes can be slightly severe than more than, than others. And I think that for the most part, everybody deals with a, a partner in life where they're not as happy and you have to, you know, get up and be, you know, joy, joyous and all that jazz. But I honestly have days where everything is straight and everything is good. However, I can't get out of bed. I really genuinely deal with depression, like manic depression, to the point where y'all don't hear from me for many, many days or many, many weeks or whatever the case may be. And then when you guys do hear from me, I try to be jolly. I try to be personal, whatever the case may be. But now I'm at the, I'm 33 now. I'm well, I'm about to be 33. My birthday is in June. <laughs> I'm about to be 33. And um I have to be honest, like I can't, I've been dealing with this for a very, 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 very long time to the point where I have to trace myself and say and, and think about when it actually started. And it had to, I don't know when it started, but I know the first instance of where I can remember were like the earliest indication of I was dealing with depression. So, Junior is about to be 12. I don't remember half my pregnancy with Junior. I don't remember my doctor appointments. Even now, when I try to remember now, I don't remember my doctor appointments. I don't remember looking down and seeing a belly. Like, I don't remember a lot of these things because that was immediately after my mother passed, too. And my mother passed two weeks before I became pregnant with my son. So, I was in a, 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 they call it, um, uh, what they call it? Like a... A medically induced type of depression, but it's like you're in a zombie mode, mm-hmm. like you're in autopilot, mm-hmm. like you're functioning, but you your mind and all that is not there. 
So that's what I was. I was just autopilot, just doing everything. Like even when Junior was born, like the first, I don't know. I don't remember nothing. I remember nothing. So fast forward when I moved here to Georgia, maybe a year and a half after living here. I'll let you tell the story because I don't quite remember a lot of the stories. Uh, I mean, a lot of the incident because obviously I wasn't as, you know, aware and present. We don't really have to go into a lot of detail, but and like specifics, but just, you know, scale, you know, scale the surface of it and all that jazz. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, she she pre-warned me. A lot of times, though, you got to know your friend. You got to know your loved ones because. She didn't just come out and say it, but she pre-warned me with some of her actions, some of the things that she was saying. It was a buildup. And so it made me really hypersensitive to like, all right, let me call her back. And then I called her and she didn't answer the phone. And then I called her again and uh, she's like, oh, I'm asleep. So I was like, okay, cool. No, the kids told me that you were asleep. I said, okay. So she ended up calling me in the middle of the night and she was speaking sound like she was speaking in tongues she wasn't herself she sounded like she was out of it <clears throat> excuse me and um I'm like what's wrong and she's like I did it I'm like you did what and she's like I did it I don't want to be here no more I'm tired I'm tired Nick I'm tired, <laughs> no, I'm tired Nick. <laughs> about right. I was like what I'm like where are you so I'm trying to keep her on the phone I'm speeding to her house. I don't know how I didn't get pulled over in Cobb County. I'm speeding to her house, and I come, and praise God, I had a key. Right. You ain't got no key to the house now. I had a key, and I let myself in, and I'm, like, running it. You know, to get so you guys can see it, you remember that episode on Being Mary Jane, and she broke that window, and she came in in that first episode, and she ran up the stairs, and I was running up the stairs. I didn't see her. I'm downstairs, and it was a really big house. Going from room to room, I didn't see her. She's on the porch in the backyard, laid out. She out. She said she took pills. I'm like, did you take pills? Did you take just alcohol? She was, yeah, she's telling me everything. So I called the paramedics because I don't know what to do, right? And I'm talking to her. I'm holding her. I'm like, Mika's going to be okay. She's crying. I'm crying. I don't know what to do. Take her to the hospital. So my protective mode is just make sure the household is okay, but make sure she's okay too. So the children was at home? I they yeah. Okay. I girl, like I said, I don't remember this night. Yeah. I I do okay, I remember bits and pieces. Um so long I mean, j- just to to narrow it down. I'll have moments where I'm, I I say to myself, and I even when I I, I try to connect with people now and people mean like friends or guys I want to date it's it's for me it takes longer because I don't easily open up right if you want to know about my past you want to know about the core of me it's not so pretty so I don't want to just sit here and just tell you about my past because what I'm gonna tell you about like it's gonna bring down the mood it's not a lot I mean other than I took matters in my own hands and put out my own book and then you know did all these great things before that, if you really, really wanted to know, like, my beginnings, it's not as joyous as, you know, I would want. So I don't want to talk about it. So I'm very shut off. Right. This was the first time I went that far. Like, yeah. of course, I've I've had, when you're dealing with depression, you have these moments where you want to tap out and you don't want to be here. 
but I've never taken it to that to that to that point where I really I'm like I bet this is it. Let's tap out. Let's great. Let's let's get it. Like I don't want to be in no more. Like real talk. Like and it took going through that situation for because when Nick found me, I I remember you know ambulance and people and things like that being there, but I was. And being in the hospital, and then when I woke up, when I was very aware and alert, of and what she happened, thought it was over. She just wanted to go back home. I wanted to go home, but mm-hmm. when they told me I couldn't go home, that's when I knew, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, this is some serious shit. So the hospital wouldn't let me go home. I actually was committed. Like I, they, mm-hmm. they would not let me go home. Um, I remember them escorting me to the the crazy people van. In a gown. Yeah. And I had to not, and I told myself, don't act hysterical, don't be emotional, because they're going to keep your ass longer. Mm-hmm. And honestly, yes, I'm sad. Yes, honestly, yes, I'm depressed, but I'm not, um, my mind isn't, I'm not dumb either. I'm a very aware of what's going on. I don't necessarily want to be here right. in the cuckoo house for all the other people. But that was the one of the worst experiences in my in my life. They took me to a place that was so far from Georgia, first and foremost. I mean, so far from Atlanta. And when I got there, the the whole process of checking me in and then the meal that they gave me, it was like, I first of all, I ain't never been arrested. So I don't know anything about jail food or anything <laughs> like that. Never been arrested. But this really was jail. Like, I was in a place where I could not leave. Yeah. Like, I had to. I remember the first night being in that facility where when I was showering, I said, I. Right, I got to find another way to deal with this because I feel like this quite often. I feel sad often. I feel like I I want the end to come often because my life is filled with work, like WABC, trying to, you know, build these platforms for other people, dealing with all that negative energy over there, dealing with Delphine Publications, dealing with artists who are unappreciative, dealing with people who are using you, dealing with... um people who want to talk about you, people who don't really know you. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I was in a, my first relationship outside of my marriage, and he wasn't the, the best person to be with. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized I I went all the way there and mm-hmm. I could not leave, and the next day I'm playing cards with somebody who really cuckoo, <laughs> I said, I bet I got to find another way to deal with this. And... It's been, I don't know how many, that's been a long time. It's been a lot of years. That's been like five years mm-hmm. now. And I have been like consistently working on my mental since then. Yeah. On the counseling, maintaining my weight, exercising, trying to be a better mother, working on my communication skills. And then it then it just took me to just now to say, all right. I'm Tamika Newhouse or Tamika Jameson, whatever the fuck you want to call me. And I have depression. And sometimes I have anxiety. And sometimes I have these suicidal thoughts. And it takes me to actually verbally admit that to to be able to work on it. I think it until you admit it, until you say, like, this is me, this is some things I have to deal with, then... It's never going, you're never going to be healing. You're never going to be moving forward. You're never going to be, to be better. And for me, now I have appreciated and embraced the fact that I have to work on being happy. Yeah. More so than others every day. So that's why I always greet people with howdy. 
I doing? Like, I try to be very, very overly, oh, is that a word? Overly? Yeah, that's a word. You know, happy and joyous and comical and personable. And doing that, though, has allowed people to be in my space who don't necessarily need to be in my space. Let's talk about that. Well, let's talk, about, let's talk about that. But just one one thing I just want to add to what you just said. During that time period, even after you got out the hospital, you went through a phase that just every so often you just disappear. Mm-hmm. And that used to scare the hell out of me. But I just had to let you be, you know, mm-hmm. and um, just wait for you to come back around. And I feel like these last couple of years... You've done so much better. A lot that. better. So much better. So you have, um, from the outside looking in, you have found that happy place. I, I think um, my the way I have found my happy space is by being by myself. Mm-hmm. So granted, I like to date. I like to hang out. Things like that with, you know, with my, my male friends. Even my, my female friends. Um, but... Over the past three years, yeah. since I've been single, single, I have purposely not given someone all of me because I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't know all of me just yet. I'm not all mm. the way good. There's uh, some things I need to work within myself. So I have chosen to not go all the way there. And I've liked and, and loved a couple people in these last three years, not being in love, but I've loved them and I've cared for them. But I've been mature enough to say, nah, nope. We're not right. about to be girlfriend, boyfriend. We're not about to do this and do that. I'm not that type of person where I'm I'm going to say yes and I know I can give you all of me. I know I can't give you the, the things that you may want. And granted, I don't really want to. I have really enjoyed not being able to have to be obligated to somebody or having to consider somebody else's feelings and emotions because I'm having to consider minds first and making sure that I'm doing what I want. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Somebody right now is challenging that space and we're not going to mention his name. If he make it next month, then he good to go. Like he may be here for a minute. If he here in June, all right, bet. Then, all we, right. then, we, then we can say, all right, <laughs> yeah. but it's been a minute. I don't, I don't really want to, um, I can't be a partner with somebody when I'm not all the way good myself. Like, let me be good. Like, let me get myself together. Let me just enjoy my space. And it doesn't mean that I'm not here for you and I can't be here for you, but that's all I can give you. I can just give you parts of me. And that's mm-hmm. me being honest. I, You know, we come across a lot of niggas that will feed us this, this dream or this game and they're not being authentic and honest. And I don't know how to, to be any other way, but, but me, mm-hmm. I could say, I like you, but I can like him too. I could say, I like you and then not talk to you for a couple of days or a week or whatever. That's just me. I don't know. I'm still dealing with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm still dealing with it. So as, as far as <sighs> dealing with growing up and embracing I guess, uh, who I am, because this is me, mm-hmm. um, trying to be a great mother, trying to be a great friend, um, and then pursuing my dreams at the same time. 
I have to say that not only do I appreciate you being a part of this journey and this process, because you could have said a long time ago, oh, y'all, I found Tamika Newhouse. Like, she was laid out and stuff, and she crazy, and she cuckoo. Like, those things could have been said, because I've had friends, or not friends, but people who claim to be my friend be close to me and then violate my privacy. And you've never, never done that. So I appreciate, not only, man, I appreciate that, man, Nick. Like, you don't even <laughs> understand, man. Me and Nick got some crazy, crazy history as far as personal, as far as business. You are seven years older, seven, eight? Seven. Seven years older. Mm -hmm. Telling you, man, the same shit that you probably dealt with at 33. Yeah. I'm dealing with it or I'm tapping into it. Mm -hmm. So it's like you be ahead of me. Yeah. And I see the things that you go through professionally and as far as personally, but our journeys are not too much of a difference. Mm -mm. Nick, I mean, can I brag on you for a little bit? Okay. Oh, God. (laughs) So Nick, is a single mother. I met you being a single mother. And your girls were what? Little. They were 10. Yeah, they were young. Yeah, they were like 10 and 12. Very, very young. And she was in Vegas. And me and her had similar dreams and ambitions. And when you began to step out, not only did you take care of your girls on your own, but you pursued your own dreams all at the same time. And then you were attacked. Mm-hmm. Professionally, personally, all that shit. When I say that, I guess your endurance and your strength and your consistency and your focus has some influence on me. It definitely does. I, I can't front and lie on that end because now when I look at your girls who are now 26, 25, 25 and 21, 20, she'll 20. be 21 this year. Now, when I look at your girls now, first and foremost, I can't wait for my kids to get the fuck out of my house because <laughs> Deja's just 16 and 11 now. But my children were like the age then that, yeah, I mean, my children are aged now that your children were then. And now that I see where your girls are now, I'm like, okay, cool. Let me just keep going. Like, if I could just get to where Nick got her girls, because you did on your own. Mm-hmm. You got college, a college graduate, a professional at, at that. Now I think she's about to purchase her own. She's 25. So I'm like, God damn it. I met this girl when she like 13, 12, and she's about to pass me. This is not fair. <laughs> and so then we got the, um, we got Diamond, who is 21. She's about to be a senior in college. And, like, she's over her news favorite, like, Gord. Like, and when I look at her now, and I look at her then, <laughs> like, like, Diamond has come not only a long way physically, but mentally. The girl confident now. She's too confident. Too confident. Too confident. And I remember when me and Diamond used to have our, little, our moments here and there, and we would roll around and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I used to try to pump up and hype up. We have a little car concerts and shit like that. Like, she has really grown up to be confident and strong and intimidating a little bit. Like, God damn. Mm-hmm. Like, where did shit this come from? Like, she could do hair, makeup, all that. I want to just say you did a great job. Well, thank you, friend. But you did a great job. It, it's your tribe, man. I couldn't do that by myself. <sighs> all y'all had a, a, a hand into it. And especially when we moved here. When we moved here, let me give you your little praise report. We moved to Atlanta. I always planned on moving to Atlanta, but... God sped it up because Diamond became um, diagnosed with optic nerve disorder and a mass on her brain. And so she was losing sight in her left eye. And um, we had to move here for her medical treatment. Mm -hmm. They actually gave me like, we found out the day of my daughter's high school graduation, my oldest, and um, that we had three months to move here. 
So we, my kids never lived in an apartment. They never did any of that. They've had a big old house in Vegas. They've lived a very sheltered life. Mm-hmm. And I had to come here and, and find da- shelter. Yeah. And downgrade a little bit. Yeah. Like, and you re- like you did that. Like, it was a like a really, it was humbling. Like, you really yes. humbled yourself to really just come here and not only pursue everything that you wanted, but at the same time, Diamond still needed yes. her proper care. Yes. That was a big transition. And you helped me a lot during that time because I had a breakdown. You know, I have this, I think we're we're really close because we have the same face. We have that happy all the time, strong face, but there's insecurities, there's doubt within us. And um, when I moved here, I remember I moved to my apartment. I didn't have no furniture. All myself was still in Vegas. Stuff was going wrong with how we planned the move, Diamond. Mm-hmm. Had all, they wouldn't put my baby in school. And I just sat on that car, that floor and I just cried. I'm like, Lord, am I doing the right thing? And Tamika, um, I called her. I said, I don't know. I, I, I'm just sad. My car wasn't here yet. Tamika came. She was taking that girl to school every day. She's like, okay, well, you're going to stay at my house so she could at least be in the bed. And she was making sure she got to school every day. Like, really? we thugged it out. I yeah. Shit. Yeah, we stayed at your house for till my car oh, got yeah. here. yeah. Okay, I do remember that. And then I went back to Vegas. You kept Diamond while I left that and got Abby yeah, in the car. Yeah, dang, Abby forgetting shit. Yep, you did all that. And again, I wouldn't <laughs> have been able to do that. You know, during that time, you find out who's really your friend. Because everybody mm-hmm. love you, especially when you're doing right. it on top. When you're doing something for them, yeah. too. They really, really love you. But when you are, when you're in your wilderness, you really see who the real ones are. I mean, people don't, like, they don't really understand that what, pursuing your, your dreams takes a lot of sacrifice, but more so mental sacrifice. Mm-hmm. No one really um, checks on you. Um in the wee hours at night or just when, just whatever. Mm-hmm. And they want to be on your timeline or they want to be in your phone when you post some good news or when you do this and do that. But honestly, like, this has been one of the most joyous but darkest journeys I've ever, ever taken on. And even now, I'm still learning lessons because I could be like, come on, like, I am, like, at the end of the day, I really, at the core of my, I'm very naive still, and I'm still very friendly. Like, I just try to just be me. I try to see the good in everybody. I really, really do. But honestly, moving forward, everybody a fucking enemy. Yeah. Like, not just an enemy, but suspects. Everybody suspect. You got to earn this shit. You got to earn it. Everybody suspect. You tell me that shit. Man, I used to tell this girl that shit because, like, she used to say, you just a conspiracy theorist. Because nah, I used man. to be like, man, I don't trust that bitch. I, I smile. Yeah, I get it, man. I be like, no, I smile at everybody. But I'm like, hey, look at that one. Look at this one. I get it. And like, she was like, no, she she's cool. Da, da, da. And then here it come. And I just, I don't trust and Mika, and I don't, and I didn't want. That's the one thing I love about you. You trusted everybody. Yeah. I didn't trust men too. You know, especially when you're a woman doing what you're doing. These fools look at you on Facebook and Instagram. They either want you to take care of them, help mm. build them up, or they're in a situation and think because you built you up, can save them. Yeah, you good. Like, like I'm a lifeguard. <laughs> I got time for that shit. What's crazy is. People will look at us like that, and not only are we single mothers, yeah. but my nigga, I ain't had no job since I was 23. Girl. Like, I really, every single dollar or every single relationship that I have built since I was 23, I worked hard for that shit. I still don't have no job. So people don't, and, and that is not to, not to brag on you, that shit hard. It's hard as fuck. Not knowing where your <laughs> money coming from. 
It's a true belief testimony on yourself. And the thing is, too, like, when you're going through your bad times, when you're depressed and you're all that shit and you can't work, your money depletes. Yeah. Man, when I came yep. here, Diamond got sick, I was at a real good place. Monetarily-wise, money-wise, I was real good. And when I was in tour, that shit slowed down. And so when you get in your wilderness, you can't. You have yep. to still work. They be like, you in the hospital. Why are you working? Because, bitch, I got rent to pay on hers. <laughs> that's, right. that's why. I'm, that's why I'm still working. So I I applaud you. Like I said, I see your growth. I seen who you were from the beginning. Some people don't understand you. Um, a lot of times people call me because they think I'm the nice one. I'm really right. not. And- I think it's interesting <laughs> that people call you to talk about me to you. That's some right. dumb. First of all, if y'all listen, stop doing that shit. That shit is dumb as shit. Like, talk about talk about me to somebody who don't like me or somebody who don't really know me. Exactly. Secondly, I don't give a fuck. But look, <laughs> like, I really don't care about what people say. I really don't care you about because honestly, like I've been talked about and you've seen it, like yeah. from the very very beginning. Yes. From the very from the year one, I've been talked about from our own people. Not from outsiders, yeah. not from another race or whatever the case may be, or somebody who just wanted to match my greatness, just from regular ass, random ass other black people. We are the worst of the worst. Yeah. The same people that we would sit here and support and promote, we build, we put on, we put them on our events, we teach them, we mold them, we mentor them. Almost all of them. Yeah. Oh, can I repeat? Oh. oh. A-L-L. All of them <laughs> have shown their true colors. Yeah. Every single one of them. As yeah. soon as you tell them no. Yeah. Or as soon as you're not useful to them. Or as soon as you don't let them into a certain place in your life. They show their true colors. And I have now firsthand seen those those things. Not just from one, from multiple individuals. From yeah. a personal perspective and then from a professional like I don't want to say that it, that I'm I'm hardened and that my my heart is ice and it's I'm very alert and I'm very aware. So which is why I ain't, I ain't been with nobody in three years. Which is why you know I don't give a fuck when people talk about me online or when people. Hey, did I tell y'all was a hashtag this year? I became uh-huh. a hashtag. I became a meme. All that shit. I don't give a fuck about that. I really, truly, 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 truly don't. And the reason why I don't. It's because this journey that I was on, this goal and this dream that I had was already designed and set for me way before I actually pursued it. Mm -hmm. This is not my story and this is not my journey. So you can sit there uh, and then you've had this same fucking situation. Man, when I said people would take the time out of their life to create campaigns, websites, (laughs) um, hashtags, (laughs) memes, events. Call oh, people, yeah. sit on the phone, have have town hall meetings <laughs> about us. Yeah. You've had, like, you had that before me, like, yeah, like that ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> you that important? Yeah, girl. Now that I've had it, I'm like, God damn. And the cold part is you get it because, like, you just got to stand firm. You you know, people see you and, you know, everybody wants you to be their mentor. Okay, well, all right, so I'll mentor you. But, okay, it, it's got to be a give and take. All my relationships, it got to be, it give, gotta and be give and take. So if it's not give and take, then it's, I, I can't do it. It got to be a balance. And then yeah. my circle of friends, Tamika is really like the only 
new, new friend that has been around my family that has kicked it with my circle. Mm-hmm. I All my friends have been there since I came from Jamaica to America. And they either my family, my friend, and a couple friends, but all family, and that's it. I don't let nobody in. Tamika's the only one that crossed the threshold into that. So you meet all these people and you're nice. So they everybody think you're their friend. And then they get mad when they're not invited into that yep. inner space. And when and I I got that. Not mad, man. They get evil. evil. Yes. What the hell is that? And somebody told me that. Like, I'm going to leave the child nameless. But Tamika came in town during my bullshit that I was going through. Mm-hmm. Plus, we found out about Diamond. Mm-hmm. Plus, Destiny's about to graduate. Plus, mm-hmm. we was dropping a book. Mm-hmm. And she's seen that these bitches was calling me all hours of the morning, two, three o'clock in the morning. And she and I'm answering the phone being guidance counselors. Mm-hmm. Doing, and Tamika said no. You That's can't do it. Don't no. no, hang up the phone. No. Office hours. And that moment when I stopped doing that, that's when my whole life changed. And then one person was like, You didn't introduce me to Tamika. Was I supposed to Was girl. I supposed to? Yeah, right. When you <laughs> told me that I was like, Girl, I ain't I ain't nobody. Girl, <laughs> we wanna meet me for. We was on itinerary. We was working. Right. Like it's <laughs> Oh my gosh. I want people to understand like Granted, like we are, we are natural born storytellers. Yes, and we are natural born hustlers, and we have this endurance and this strength in us that has allowed us to not only raise children on our own without help, yes, physical and financial help, like to really go all in. You, girl, talking about my girl, that's a whole other story. So we ain't gonna go about to go there. <laughs> but to be able to do that, I don't understand. We got young black women, mm-hmm. young with young children. Pursuing, you know, this book book tour shit that requires money. So you're traveling around the world. Then you got to go home, do homework, make sure they straight, talk to them, school them, go to the schoolhouse, attend all these extra extracurricular activities. My kids then, And we ain't even thing. got to the point where, where you at home now, you got time for yourself. Mm-hmm. We ain't even got there yet. Mm-mm. Nobody really understands what it takes to do all these things. That shouldn't, which is why I felt like I dug myself in a hole. Like I'm on, like I'm on go mode. Go, 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 go. Constantly. And then I'm trying to be the the mother that my children want to be. So I'm trying to do all these extra. You remember I was doing, I'm doing all the team moms. I want to do this shit. <laughs> I'm getting cupcakes and cookies and stuff. And I'm, and like, I'm being, I'm staying at the end of the game so that I can be, so I can show my children that I'm here and I'm present. But I'm tired. I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Like the rent due or like the light bill just came into like, oh, I got to finish this chapter. Or like, can I go on a date? Like there's a lot of things that, we deal with as single mothers, mm-hmm. period. And even as they get older, it don't get any easier because they don't know how to function in the world. So it's like, well, when the fuck do I get a break? Like, when can I breathe? Like, when they daddies gonna step up? Come on, daddies. <laughs> My God, they're like, it, you can't take care of your children with a conversation every three or four days about dumb shit. Like, your children really physically need you and they can't eat. From a conversation. Well, at least you get that. Mine called at graduation and was Your, on, yours is the worst. At the, worst. the college graduation that he ain't paid be better for. better for he just perished and we get life insurance <laughs> policy. He, he ain't paid for nothing at this graduation to get here. He on FaceTime with my baby while she on the ground. I felt, I was so disappointed. Then he called Diamond and she called him by his first name. Because dad, our daddy, that is, and that's an action word. Then he hung up on her and called me and said... 
you ain't going to check that. You taught them that they got to call everybody Mr., Mrs., and whatever. She about to at least call me Mr. Why? I said, nigga, that's what you say. <laughs> that, that's all you got. Now, what's the problem? Not the one like, that's been why, like, why, you. Like, why is she calling yeah, you that? that? Why is she addressing you like that? Like, this is the same. And this, Girl, we can talk about men all day, every day. Right. Men want respect given. Yes. Men want loyalty and all that given. But you really got to earn that. And mm-hmm. you got to be consistent with that. And the moment that we see that you're not, we're going to treat you accordingly. But you know what I did with my girls? And you got to do this with your kids. This is just one piece of advice. When she hung up that phone, I looked in her face. I said, you fight with words. You don't fight with bullshit. That's what weak bitches do. Right. You let that nigga know how you feel. Yep. Straight to the point, not disrespectful. Straight no chaser. And you fight with your words. Yep. That's the only way. And I don't give a fuck if it's him, if it's the your boss, the your friend, the nigga on the corner. You tell people how you feel. Mm-hmm. That's how we communicate. No, that's how you be happy. Yes. Honestly, like I've dealt I've the 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 relationships I had after my marriage, the ones that I cared about. When I found myself not being honest, I wasn't happy. Right. Because if you find yourself saying, well, if I say this to them, they're going to get mad. Right. If I say this to them, I'm not going to talk to them. You don't need to be with them. Because if you really can't tell this person how you feel, and then they like they try to find a way to understand and work through that, then you don't need to be with them. Male or I really female. Can, male or female, real talk. Male or female. And it's not just in a romance sense. I'm talking about period. If you cannot be authentically yourself with anyone, you don't need to talk to that person. Let me take my own advice. Mm. Matter of fact, let me call my boo thing and tell him I got some stuff I need to say. (laughs) So let me get back to the subject. (laughs) All right. So I definitely appreciate you sitting here and having this conversation with me um, for everybody to listen after the fact. People may wonder, okay, well, she says she deal with depression. Um, or she says she has depression. Well, how does she deal with it? Um, and it wasn't until just recently where I've, in maybe this past year, where I have found ways to really cope with my depression. Mm-hmm. So, and I know, and now I know I can feel it. It's like a chemical type thing. Like, I feel it within my whole entire body. It's kind of like if you got to go shit. Or if you got to pee. Right. Like, you feel it within your body. Like, okay, this is about to be a, a bad day. Mm-hmm. Like, in regards to whatever I do, I can't get happy. I can't get there. Right. So, I, I go to the gym. I go for a walk. I, I roll a blunt. Um, did I say right? Mm-mm, but you right. Right. Or if, you know, whoever I'm vibing with or whoever I'm talking to, if I want to laugh with them. Laughing is always, always good for my soul. So for anyone who's dealing with being happy, and I like to say dealing with being like if you got to work harder with to be happy, I don't like to use the word depression or mental illness because they have a, a negative undertone to it. And it's not negativity. It just what it is. Just like I'm a, I'm a girl or I'm a mom. Okay, I deal with depression or I deal with anxiety. Cool. Right. So I'm going to find a way to deal with that. Like this is me. So just find a way, find some things that, some of your fun hobbies that you like to do. Definitely go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have been in counseling for three years, maybe over three years. And counseling is not um, a hop, skip, and a jump. It's a very, it's a long, tedious process. And it wasn't until this past year 
what I really, really realize the tools and the reasons to why she's doing the things and seeing the things that she's doing. So I've learned how to communicate. I've learned uh, what my triggers are. And I think therapy is really, is just learning yourself. Like you got to really learn yourself. And then I discovered that I never dealt with my grief, which yeah. is why there's a lot of gaps in my life where I don't remember because I will just block it out and I will just go with the motions of things. And I can't sit here and tell you what, I don't even remember half of 2006 or like even when you were saying these, like it was a lot of things I was even dealing with when I moved here to Georgia. So knowing yourself and knowing your shortcomings and finding a way to balance that out, that is the key. So whatever that may be, it could be a particular sport. It could be, um, I don't know, a particular hobby. It could be like to travel. It could be if you're journaling. It, whatever you feel that, that can help you heal and where you can kind of get those things out, I highly recommend those things. Because that's personally what I do. And I know that I'm going to probably be dealing with this, not probably, but I will be dealing with this Forever. And I'm one of those people where I don't want medication. Right. And so I'm not going to choose to medicate myself until I feel like I'm a danger to myself or a danger to others. And or and now when I say a danger to where I'm to the point where I'm really like, I'm probably going to like do, do something. Right. And I think that moment where you, you did find me and then I was committed and I went through that whole traumatized situation. Oh, my God, that was horrible. Wait, let me make y'all laugh, though. This heifer looked at me and was like, bitch, if you wouldn't have called the police. Oh, yeah. I said, I what was shit. I supposed to do? Man, you supposed to wait, man. You supposed to wait for you to wake up and be sober. Man, I was scared. I couldn't lose my friend, man. You did, I mean, I said that in that moment, and I really did mean it. But however, you did make the right choice, because if without that experience, I probably would have did something Again. And maybe even worse. worse. Yeah. So that makes me think twice about any and everything that I do now. I never want to get to that point where that was the closest I've ever gotten to. Like, tapping out. Like, I don't even remember what they said my alcohol level was. Like, I was to the point where, oh, my gosh. I had alcohol poisoning in my blood. Like, it was just. Yeah, because they were like, what did she take? And they couldn't find any pills. But I was like, she said she took pills. I was like, I don't know. But I just needed them to fix my friend and then have to be the one to make the decisions in the hospital. I was like, Lord, Jesus, I, you know, I can't do this. I need you to get better. And I'm yelling at her. I need you to get this shit together. I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> we're going to leave it on this note. When the, the day that I do pass over, I promise you I'm going to be straight. You know why I'm going to be straight? Why? I'm doing everything I want to do. Amen. I'm, I really am. I'm having a t the time of my life. Even though I, knew, I know I deal with this this mental imbalance. I'm having time in my life. Like I'm enjoying my children. I'm enjoying my creative process. I'm enjoying the people that I'm meeting. I'm enjoying traveling. I'm enjoying the stories I'm able to create. I'm doing everything I want to do. So if I were to perish and, you know, and pass over, I'll be straight. Like I'm I, up until this point, I did everything I wanted to do. Of course, there's more things to do, but our, our days are numbered. So I'll be straight. And I want people, um, I want people to kind of live on those on those terms. Like, don't right. live on, okay, I'm gonna do this one day. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully I'm gonna do this, and hopefully I'm gonna do that. Just do it because I, it, it it brings a sense of peace that can't be bought or borrowed. Like, I can't even explain it. I'll be straight. Like, the only fear I have is because I just don't know what's next. Because you know I'm nosy. That's the only fear I have. 
But other than that, I'm straight. So whenever the time comes, I'll be straight. Hopefully, it'll be a while from now. But if it's not, man, I'm going to be straight. I promise you I'm going to be good. I'm going to be sad because I probably ain't going to see y'all no more and stuff like that. But <laughs> I'll be straight. With that being said, y'all go out, love each other, love yourself, be honest. And if you are dealing with depression, if you are dealing with anxiety or you do have suicidal thoughts, the only way or the first way, the first step is to admit that yeah. and then go and seek the proper help that you need. It won't not, it will not get better until you actually do the work. Amen. Do the work. And don't be ashamed to say it. I ain't ashamed. I got my name to Mickey House and I have depression or I deal with depression. Amen. And with that being said, all right, y'all. Let me go get me a glass of wine. <laughs> 